Our scripture is found in Mark. It says, still others, like seed, talking about the word of God, sown among thorns, thorns, hear the word, verse 19, but worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth. Isn't that funny? I thought about that with that video, that those are two of the most rich boys I've ever seen in my life, the love that they have for each other. And so many people are looking for something in a monetary form of wealth when some of the richest people may not have very much in, the, in their bank. And the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I wanted to add this to our foundation scripture for today, but Matthew 6, I'm supposed to be doing my own click, sorry. <laughs> you can, sorry, you cannot put me in charge of anything over here. There they are. <laughs> Taylor's probably like an idiot. Click your own slides. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and what will occur is all these things will be given to you as well. Many things with that we that uh, sorry let's start over. Many things will try to set themselves as counterfeits of fulfillment. That's why Jesus, when he's talking about hearing the word of God, he puts in an illustration of thorns coming in and choking that word. And it's not that the word in week one, it's not that the word of God has lost power. It's that we've allowed. We've allowed distractions to distract us from what God is saying. And, and as this says, many things will try to create counterfeits of fulfillment. When his kingdom, when Jesus says, seek his kingdom, his kingdom is what and where he has dominion. Can I say it this way? That if we get distracted by thoughts, God does not have dominion over wayward thoughts in our minds. He doesn't. Actually, you have, well, I have dominion of those, not God. We have dominion over those wayward thoughts. But when we seek his kingdom, those wayward thoughts, those deceitful desires, those things that are, that are outside of what his voice is saying, when we seek his kingdom, then we have his dominion. His righteousness is his doing and his being right in every way. Does this thing scroll different on mine when you hook it up to yours or am I just being dumb? I don't know. Why do you? Everybody's like, it's just like conversations Jonathan has with the tech people. Your next feeling, God knows that there will be a war for your affection. It's really interesting to think that the enemy isn't kind trying to come at Jonathan. He isn't trying to come at you to get you to do these deep, dark, crazy sins. He is coming at you trying to get you to discount and do away with the voice of God that is coming to your heart and to your ears. Because if he can discount, if he can distract, if he can deceive when it comes to the voice that's coming to your spirit and to your heart, then he really doesn't need you to do the big, bad, dark things because he's already moved your affection. The enemy in the world system will do all that it takes to distract our attention. There is no one, there is no one that will dispute that God is good in all of his ways. No one will dispute that. But when it comes to people that get distracted, that he has good things for your life, that he has good things for your life today, that's where the 
discounting of the voice of God comes in because if he can move you off of the thought and the revelation that he's good in all his ways, then he can move you off of what he's trying to say and what I'm going to show you by tonight. Anybody like Sour Patch Kids? Anybody in here? Brittany, come up here real quick. I want to use you as a little illustration here because we have a, these are resealable. I'm going to eat them all. What do we need? <laughs> Resealable. <laughs> We're going to open up and eat them. Those people eat. Have. So you have some Sour Patch Kids there and go ahead and open those up. And I, I forgive me, I kind of already opened them. But take a look there and, and uh, what's in there? Well, let's see. It looks like dog food. No, what? Oh, garbanzo beans. I thought they were supposed to be Sour Patch Kids, and I open up, and it's full of garbanzo beans. <laughs> I, that's kind of cruel. Everybody's like, Jonathan, you shouldn't do that. You can hear you want to trade with me. There's the actual content of them. But y'all give it up for Brittany, and she precious beyond words. Is that on the outside, the enemy puts this package of that this is more worthy of your attention than anything that God is trying to minister or say to your life. And it happens to all of us when we get focused on, as it says, the deceitfulness of riches. And riches doesn't have to be the pursuit of money. It can be pursuit of anything that puts itself above the heart of God for us. And so on the outside, it looks like, well, that looks like a good deal. But on the inside, it's, a, it's deceitful that there's not... Sour Patch Kids, and here they're garbanzo beans. And I don't even know what you use garbanzo beans for other than hummus. And Melinda eats plain hummus, don't you, Melinda? Oh, it's wretched. you got to put some flavor to that. <laughs> Let's keep going. Number one on your notes, God's voice delivers with power. Let's take a look at a, a story in Acts, and I so stole this from Miss Sheila. She's did this story in Kids Zone this last Sunday, and I, I said, that's going to fit perfect. Acts 3.1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple time to pray, going to hear God's voice at 3 in the afternoon. Verse 2. Now a man who had been lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he, would put every day, where he was put every day, to uh, beg for those going into the temple and in temple courts. And he saw Peter and John about to enter, and he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them in return. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, let me stop right there before we find out what happens with this man. Is that even if Peter and John had tons of silver and gold, silver and gold would have done nothing for the condition that this man was in. And we can fast forward to 2017 and say the same thing. That we could have all the riches that this world can offer. Let me back it up and make it plain. We could have everything that our heart thinks and it needs. But if we don't have the fulfillment of hearing his voice, then what good is it 
to have silver and gold when silver and gold will not minister to the heart of the need. Let me take it a step further. And the heart of the need being our need to hear his voice. Verse 3. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became, began strong. He jumped up. The man jumped up to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him praising God, they recognized him in the man who, was used to, who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened. God is looking for people to hear what he is saying in the moment. That I am sure that this, this beggar was not the only one shouting at Peter and John when they were walking into the temple to pray. I just have an, a, an idea that there might have been other people, maybe one other, two other, 40 other, I don't know. But because Peter and John were in tune to what God was about to do in their lives, they heard this man, they, they turned and, and spoke to him and knew that they were going to lay hands on him and the man was going to get up and be healed. But I, let me, I'm jumping ahead. God has a purpose of restora restoration. God had a purpose for the restoration of the lame beggar. That because Peter and John were in tune to what God was saying to them, that they stopped, just like Jesus did with a woman with the issue of blood, just like Jesus did with the, with the demonic guy, just like Jesus did when he was walking through different times in life and stopped to minister people, all of the forces of darkness back down to the voice of God when his voice is demonstrated in your life. And so this has really got me to a place to think, to think, I want to hear the voice of God, not just for what Jonathan needs. I want to hear the voice of God for what God wants to do to other people through me. That when we get to that place where we say, God, I want to be in tune with you. To not just walk around thinking, what do I need? What does my prayer list look like? What, is, what do my dreams and my goals look like? But God, what are you doing through me to other people? Who are you going to put across my path that I can be Jesus to them? And just like Peter and John, that I can, there's far more people with, with lameness inside of them than may be outside. That there's far more people out there that need a touch from God on the inside of their soul than they really might need a physical touch. And who is to say that God isn't going to use his voice in your life to minister life to them. The thought that God is passive goes against everything that he demonstrated through Jesus. And we really, as believers, are plagued with that. One of my pet peeves, and you guys know this one of mine, I preach on it like every fourth Wednesday. I come up here and say, it just irritates me when you're at a restaurant or a walk-up counter or wherever at the bank at the grocery store and you know it's it really is funny because when you like I, I went to the grocery store the other day early in the morning at 
at Winco. My sister-in-law's likes Winco. And I was like that 6.30 in the morning. I was just me and Winco. And I walked up. Nobody else in line at the checkout at Winco except me and the cashier. And they're about to, and I said, and 6 o'clock in the morning, Melinda, we're not even supposed to be speaking to people at 6 o'clock in the morning. And i about to scan my grocery and said, how are you this morning? They look up like you just cussed them out. Oh, I'm fine. Just, we have got to a place where check, check, cashiers, checkers, aren't used to people asking them how they are. And sometimes we just think they're just some subhuman population just because they work as a wait staff. Oh, I'm going to preach now. Or just because they're behind the counter taking an order. Or just because they're scanning groceries that we have come to this thing that, they, that we somehow are more important than they are. And can I let you know that that is against everything that the voice of God says in our lives. But when we see things as he sees them, who is to say that we can't go through a checkout counter and our good morning, how are you, hope you have a blessed day, isn't something that breaks hell off of them that's been there for years. But are we willing to say, God, speak through me let me hear what you're saying and let me be a light to people that I come across their path. Instead of saying, I'm so important, I've got so much to do, I've got to be here, I've got to be there, I'm just getting groceries, I'm just ordering Whataburger, I'm just, just out to lunch. Instead of saying, God, take the opportunities in my life to be a light and to be loved to somebody out there who may be lame on the inside. And, and I really do, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I really do think that we have, we've abandoned being blessing and we've overemphasized being blessed. Because it's real easy for us to make a list of all the things that we want in our life, all the prayers that we want answered, all the things that we want to be different than they are. Have you ever said that when you encounter people and all of a sudden they just just throw up all of their issues on you don't point <laughs> have you ever had that you know you walk walk up to somebody you hadn't seen in a while all of a sudden five minutes later you've just gotten just thrown up all of the junk in their life this happened to me and that happened to me and so and so did this and, and you're like i just came over to say hello to you Instead of the attitude of, God, I want to be so in tune with what you're saying that when you say it, then you give me that opportunity to minister life to somebody else, that the power and the work of your kingdom on the inside of them does something that changes them for eternity. Can we just keep going? Number two, God's voice reveals his heart in every matter. And I know a lot of people that are praying, God, I want to know your heart in such and such matter. God, I want to hear what you have to say, uh, your thoughts on such. God, I want your answer for such and such. How about we just nix all of that and say, God, I want to hear your voice because if I hear your voice, then I'll automatically hear your heart for that matter. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 says, No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God gives, that God, 
that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what human, what human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those that love them. And some people preach that. Nobody knows what God is up to. Nobody knows his ways. And I'm like, darling, you need to read the next verse. Because the next verse says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God that we kind of like give ourselves a pass. Oh, you can't understand the things of God. They're too, he, I has not seen. They do their weird, creepy voice like that. Ear has not heard. You have not read the next verse. Because he said he's revealing them. And last time I looked up the word reveal, it said it's uncovering, it's telling. And God, through his spirit, is revealing his heart. Come here, Samuel. I got, I got something I need you to help me with. Come on, y'all give it up for Sammy. Sammy in the house. Sammy in the house. Come on over here, Sammy. I want you to do something. It's on a mission. What's he going to do? Where is he going to go? What's he? Back up, back up, back up, back up. Yeah. Okay. Y'all give it up for Sammy. He's quite the delivery man. UPS, FedEx is going to be looking for him soon. Now, I know that I'm not a very deep person, and you're like, amen. (laughs) But can you guess what I told him to do? I gave him instructions to... Go in that direction to go to that person. I described that person for him. He had no clue what I had in mind, but he was going upon the instructions of my word. And you want to open it up, Hannah? What is that, Hannah? Go open it up, see what it is. I, I promise you, I didn't tape it. I don't. Aren't they beautiful? Aren't they cute? I loved them. Saw them those silver hoop earrings. Now, she didn't know that that was, did you know that was going to happen tonight? Hannah, did you? No, no. She walked in tonight just thinking, here for the service. But I knew. As a matter of fact, I went and picked them out myself. As a matter of fact, I went and I picked out the bow that went with it. And my great decorating abilities, I undid the little sticky thing on the bow and I stuck it on there. No comment, Melinda. I can decorate. And then I knew that I was going to have Samuel give him instructions on what to do with it and that he was the delivery point of what the blessing that I had already picked out, the blessing that I had already made provision for, 
And he was the delivery person for where I wanted that blessing to end up. That's living. When we place ourselves in that place like Samuel did, I just want to hear what you're saying. I want to hear what your voice is. I want to hear where your voice is going to take me. I want your voice to take me to a place that I'm a blessing to, that God through me, you're going to be a blessing to somebody else. And I wonder, I wonder how much God wants to do through us that he's just waiting for somebody to say, God, I want to be the delivery person for that. I want to be the person that hears your instructions and takes those instructions and goes and reveals your goodness to somebody else. Now, I'm not going to pretend for a second that silver hoop earrings have any weight against God's immense goodness, but an illustration that God has things in his heart and in his mind that he is waiting to pour out on somebody. He's just waiting for someone to hear his voice. When I hear God's voice, I hear his heart. Now, I don't know that Hannah needed earrings. She may have a whole shoebox full of earrings. I don't know. But what if I had known that she didn't have any silver hoop earrings? Do you have any silver hoop earrings? Two pair. Great. I miss the Lord. <laughs> but what if we positioned ourselves that we said, God, I don't want to just hear what you have for me, but I want to hear your heart for what you want to speak through me. And it's when his voice is spoken that he hears his heart. God has things that he wants to say and do, and he wants to use us to accomplish them. Sheila had this thing, my sister, Miss Sheila, she had this thing when the kids were little. She did it a couple of ways. One, she would always take Benjamin... And Ben's a little bit bigger than he was back then. And he would, she would be holding Ben, and she would call Sarah over. And she would say, Sarah, was it Ben or Sam? Ben. Ben has a secret he wants to tell you. So Sarah would leave. You know, she's just high enough to, to meet up to where Ben was being held. And Aunt Sheila would take Ben's hand and smack Sarah with it because Sarah would lead in for that secret and then <laughs> Sarah never stopped going up. Sarah, and here came Sarah. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> She's done this 1,400 times with you. <laughs> but Ben had lots of secrets. And then the other thing, Annalise, come here real quick. This was the other thing that Ann Sheila would do. When she, hurry, 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 jump, run, 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 right up here. This was the other thing that Ann Sheila would do, face them right there, and she would do this. She goes, Annalise, I have a secret for you. And she <laughs> And if you're a kid with, you know, any like, ah! <laughs> y'all give it up for Annalise. But when she had secrets, they were never secrets, by the way. Our children are kind of dumb. <laughs> she would get right in their ear or right with their fist and slap them and tell that secret right straight into their ear. And I'm wondering how much God wants to say to us 
that he's waiting for us to get rid of all the distractions and let him get right up in the ear of our spirit and tell us what he's saying. God has invited me into his thoughts on many matters. I determine if I hear what his heart, I determine whether I hear what his heart is saying. Number three, God designed for his voice to be heard every time he speaks. That there's a lot of people walking around saying that they don't hear God. And I'm like, you got too many distractions. There's, and I can say that as experience. That he designed his voice to be heard every time. Watch this. In the beginning, back in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Watch this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God began everything that he did with his voice. That from the very first chapter and the very first verses of all written scripture that God sets in motion that when he designs something to come into existence, he says it. Now watch this, just this point right here, that he spoke light into existence, and to this day, light has not stopped. That whenever that was, and I know that's over, open to the debate, when God said, let there be light, but when he said it, that to this day, that that spoken word that he said has not stopped creating the force by which he said it. That light is currently expanding at 186,000 miles per second and has not stopped because God's voice has not said anything differently to that command. That right up to today, that light is still expanding at that rate and at that speed. That he designs what he says to be to carry, and light evidently didn't ask any questions. When am I supposed to stop? Light just looked at God and he said, Light be, and he said, <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> that light looked at God and looked and said, What are we supposed to do? He said, 186,000 miles per second. It says, I'm on it. And boom, and still is going. Taylor, if you'll come on down, let me, let me read this to you in Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth and light, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name, Jeremiah 33.3. He called to me, he says, call to me. And I love the way he, he prefaces this. This is what the Lord who made heaven and earth said. Call to me. And I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you may not have known. The uncertainties of life will fade away with every time that God speaks into your life. 
that the sure, the sureness of uncertainty and not knowing what is going to happen or what God is going to do. Next week, I want, I'm going to do a single night message that's called When All Else Fails. Have you ever had a time in your life where you, everything that seemed to be going on looked like failure? That God, when he says with so much certainty, this is going to happen, that it will not stop until he says it stop, will stop. You were never designed to not hear his heart in every matter. I didn't have time to put it in there, but when God in Genesis met with Adam and Eve, the word of God says that he would, he would come to them in the cool of the day. As a matter of fact, they heard him walking in the garden at the time appointed for them to fellowship and, and to talk to God. That he, from the very beginning, this man, this woman... Naked as jaybirds. <laughs> that they were designed to fellowship and hear his heart in every matter. I'm, I don't think God showed up with Adam and Eve and asked them what their favorite recipes were. He was, he was ministering to them the way he is. If we go back to what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything else is added to you, that I believe that God, in that very beginning time with Adam and Eve, was ministering the kingdom to them. Ministering his desire for what he had for them to do on this brand new creation that he had. God has a great desire to share with you things that he has for you. Have you ever bought something for someone and you could not wait to give it to them? I bought Allie some shoes on Thursday. Saw these cute little shoes, bought them for Allie. And then I come home or went to my mom's house or Sheila's house. I said, where's Allison? Oh, this is thread weekend. I was like, oh. Not that I was against thread, but I knew that she was going to be gone all weekend. So I'm carrying around these shoes with me in my car. I'm going to give those to Sweet Pea. Friday, here's them shoes. I'm going to give those shoes to Sweet Pea. Saturday, Sweet Pea's at Thread. I'm going I'm to give those shoes. It was just all I could handle. How much more does God have good things in our life that he is waiting to speak to our hearts and reveal his heart. He has a great desire to share things he wants for you to accomplish for his kingdom. And that's the whole reason he said, seek first my kingdom. Seek first the domain that I have. Seek first my righteousness, my ways of being good and right. And he says, and when you seek those things, he said, I will, it will be impossible, impossible for me to not reveal my heart to you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. There may be some in this place tonight that you're saying, I need to hear the heart of God for, for a matter in my life. And I'm gonna pray over you, but more than anything, I want you to hear that inward voice that's speaking right now. Not Jonathan, not me, the inward voice of the Holy Spirit that's speaking to your situation, speaking to that emotion, speaking to that circumstance, speaking to that concern. And that inward voice of the Holy Spirit revealing 
the heart of God for you. So God, I pray right now over everyone in this room tonight that might be dealing with something that they're saying, God, I need to hear your heart. I wanna know your ways. I wanna hear what you have for this situation. I I wanna hear your heart as I go about my week. I wanna be a blessing to someone. I want life to stop revolving around me and for it to be a blessing to someone else. And, And Lord, I just pray right now that the wind of the Spirit of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the, the voice, that still small voice, but that was, that's laden with power and in, with might ministers to each one and says, I, I know what I have for you. I know the direction I have. I know the solution. I know what I want you to do for so-and-so that I know I want you to be a blessing in every place that let God let us hear that voice.